Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor Otha, as we was worshiping, the Lord told me to tell you that everything that you have been walking in it's almost like you've been walking this out before we knew you was walking this out. You've been walking this out for a great deal. And God said, because now you're giving us what you've been walking through, an ever-increasing faith has hit Lionheart Church. So much so that just because you've been obedient and Lorana has been obedient and regardless of what you were facing you still held on to his word walking it through and because of that he said this church will be known as a great church of faith the uncompromising faith that people will not be able to understand what is it that they are walking in. God said his glory of faith is over Lionheart. Everything that you do, every movement that you make will be because you're walking in uncommon faith. Then he began to tell me that you will have so many churches birthed out of this place. He said it's, it's almost like the first group is in training. And now we are getting ready to graduate. And God is going to push them out. And they will fall up under you because you will be on the style of a bishop. They call it bishop in the world. But God say it's like an understatement when they use the word for what he's going to do for you. And just like Bishop Oyedepo, you will be greater, saith the Lord, than that. It's going to happen so fast that your children in this church are going to be going out to the masses that is going to be overflowing that you're going to have to tell him or them you have a church here you have a church there and as those that leave God is going to be replacing them with the next recruitment and this is how God said that the church that you will have will be because people will know lion heart name and because it will be a representation of who Christ is and what he intended it to be in these last days that we will go out and just like he did with the disciples and he sent them out with nothing when we leave out of here the only thing we will believe in out here with is the word of God that was been spoken in this house and we will go and reach souls for the God for the Lord in the mighty name of Jesus so I look to you my heart and tell you that the father God said he is proud of you and you are coming out of the dungeon you are coming out of the pain you are coming out of sickness you are coming out of financial bondage because you believe his word so this season prepare to do God's will because he is blessing you to bless others he is blessing you to reach the soul he is blessing you to put what's in you to them just like God gave him word to put it in us you take that and you put it into somebody else for we are lion heart we are on assignment to win the world for God in the mighty name of Jesus thank you God give God praise this morning lift his name high oh God we thank you Jesus So, uh, so let's get into this. Uh, I wrote a statement here that uh, that the Bible is not a book of rules. 
the Bible is a covenant with terms. Um, how you, your mentality will determine how you see things. Any of you ever tried to help someone, but their mentality was interpreted as you trying to hurt them? Okay. So, so, so your mentality will determine even how you see the Bible. And so a lot of people, they see the Bible as just a book of do's and don'ts and a book of rules. The book is not a, the Bible is not a book of rules. The Bible is a covenant and a covenant is based on terms. Okay. In the United States, we don't understand covenant. We understand contracts. Okay. You sign a cell phone contract and, and it's their terms with that contract. The terms are if you pay us this amount of money, we will give you this amount of airtime and this amount of texting and this amount of data. Okay? If you don't pay your bill, these are the terms. If you, set, if you decide to cancel your contract early, these are the terms. If you can't, how many know? If you cancel a contract early, they usually want anywhere from $100 to $300. Why? Because those are the terms of the contract. And every contract has to be signed in ink. Well, covenants are similar, but they're just more binding. Technically, covenants cannot be broken. That's why covenants are signed in blood. Okay? That's the reason why Jesus had to shed his blood because he was giving birth to a covenant that would never be reversed. That's one of the reasons why his blood had to be shed. So when you go over into eastern countries, continent of Africa, India, you know, uh, some of the Middle Eastern countries, also China, you will see that when they come into agreements, you've seen this even in television, where they will cut their hands and, and mix blood because that's the covenant. And the covenant, and, and there's a definition of a covenant is, is this is my side, this is your side. Now, we are masters at cooking, and we have an abundance of food, but we don't know how to fight. But you guys don't have any food, but y'all are warriors. So we're going to sign a covenant in blood, and these are the terms of the covenant. As long as, you, as long as we supply you with food, you will supply us with protection. Y'all see that? So those are the terms. So the Bible is a book of terms, not a book of rules. That's why everything that you see as a quote-unquote rule always says, if you do this, I will do that. If you obey here, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat, we'll make sure you eat the good of the land. If you obey and serve, we'll make sure that you spend your days in prosperity and your years in pleasures. If you tithe, we'll open up the windows of heaven. If you give, we will cause other men to give unto you. If you forgive, I will forgive you. See how everything is, see the term? So it's a, it's a book of terms, not a book of rules. And, that, and so all you got to do is start obeying the terms. And what's cool is, is that when it comes to the supernatural, you can ask God, okay, and what faith what faith is believing you receive what you ask for, but also being open to if there are any terms that you are supposed to keep because God might give you some instructions. Y'all got that. <laughs> That's a nice little teaching. All right. How it overrides the will. Luke 638. This is a light, simple teaching today. I don't want to go deep on y'all because y'all been pulling me, boy. <clears throat> Remember this. Luke 6.38, given it shall be given unto you, good measure pressed down and shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. What I wanted to focus in on here is that what God does in your life in the area of financial increase and these things. Well, and I want to say all, but in many cases and in most cases, it will involve another man. And so, because some, someone asked a question, a couple of, I've got this a couple of times, about, well, what if I'm in faith and it has to do with another person? Can I override their will? That gets tricky. 
not when it comes to sickness and disease in most cases, okay? Um, because God will not, if the person wants to die, God won't let you change their mind, okay? That's why many people are mad at God right now because he did not heal their grandmother. Your grandmother didn't want to be healed. She just didn't tell you that. I can't tell you how many hospital visits I have been to and the family is there and the person is putting on ears. Yes, I believe that Jesus has healed me. The word of God is true anyhow in any way. Thank you. Hallelujah. And then I asked the family members, would y'all exit the premises for a moment? Tell me the truth. Child, I've been ready to go. These family members getting on my nerves. <laughs> can't tell how many times I heard that. Okay? Can't tell how many times. Okay? I've had to tell people. Now, let me tell you how strong uh, this thing can be. I've had to tell people your family member is ready to go. You can't. You torture them because you won't let them go. You got to let them go. And you don't want them to go. That, y'all, that imagination and that faith and that will thing, that thing will keep somebody in the planet that's supposed to be gone. And I've seen people, they, they can't go. I, they, they can't go, and I've had to pull them aside. Look, the person is ready to go. You got to let them go. And the moment they say they can go, the person dies in the next five minutes. Then I've seen other people who they refuse to die until nephews show up. Seen that one? And people are amazed that this person is, and they're like, nope, I'm not dying. Until. That stuff is strong, y'all. It's so strong it holds death back. Whew. I have seen it so many times. So you have to be careful and God, because God will respect a person's will. If they want to go to hell, Fine, we'll build you a rocket ship with tenant windows, and you can go, they will, they will protect your right. God will not force your relatives to get saved. What he will do is he will put pressure on them to make a decision. He will convict them like crazy. He will send people across their path. He will give them signs. He'll make stuff appear that does not exist in planet Earth. He will do everything he can. I have seen God create perfect scenarios for people to get saved, perfect scenarios for people to get healed, but he can't make the decision for you. He will not force them. So when it comes to healing, when it comes to decisions, when it comes to overriding a person's will, that's where your faith stops. But when it comes to finances, God will put pressure on people. And he'll put such pressure on them, they will be forced to obey or he'll move to another person. So like Kenneth Copeland, he gave a story about a man walked up to him at the end of the service and handed him a, a Rolex watch. And he said, here. And Kenneth Copeland was like, what's with the attitude? I didn't ask you to give me a Rolex watch. And the guy said, the Lord told me to get this to you a year ago. See, so the Lord put pressure on the man, but he couldn't force the man. But the pressure was so strong, eventually the man broke. So, so let me give you a couple of scenarios with that. Matthew 15, 21, to show you how powerful faith is when it comes to these things. Matthew 15, 21, Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. But Jesus gave her no reply. Everybody say rude. Not even a word. Now, let me tell you the lesson here. Now, one lesson is, is that Jesus did never sin, but he got borderline. I just think this is totally unnecessary, okay? But, you went to, but, but, but the, the next statement gives you a hint. He gave her no reply, not even a word. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away, they said. She's bothering us now with all her begging. And Jesus said to the woman, I was only sent to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. So in other words, the reason why he didn't answer her, first, her, her the first time, that was his way of saying, I was sent to the Jews. Therefore, anything that is outside of that, I won't even look at it. 
that's a lesson about purpose. Do what you're supposed to be doing. This ain't the time to go hanging out with your friends. You're working on something. This ain't the time to be on social media and watching TV. This is the time for you to be working on something. That's why people don't understand how I pastor and why I pastor. I don't pastor based on what is the cultural norm, folk. I pastor what the Lord told me to do. And if he didn't, he told me, I, and I, a couple of times I tried to buck up against it. It was obvious that for five years the Lord didn't want me to do praise and worship. So I didn't, I mean, it's obvious he didn't want me to do it. Then people didn't left the church because I didn't do a program. People will ask you to do a program and then be the very ones that won't come to it. I can't tell you how many times I've seen that. They will beg you. You are the devil, brother. This must be instituted in the church. This special, I didn't have requests for special Bible studies. I didn't have requests for concerts. I didn't have requests for stuff. I don't even know what this is. What are you requesting me to do? They'll be the very ones that will protest. you not doing it, and then when you do it, they won't show up. So it was a lesson about purpose. Jesus said, my father told me to focus on the Jews. You are Gentile, so I don't even need to talk to you. See, if you start focusing like that, folk, how many you know you can get some stuff accomplished? We all over the place. But he gave her no reply in verse 23, not even a word. So that was no the first time. Verse 24, he said, I'm only sent to the Jews. That's no a second time. But she came and worshiped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, it's not right to take food from the children, throw it to the dogs. So that's no and rude the third time. She replied, true, Lord. But even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. Dear woman, Jesus said unto her, your faith is great and your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. So when it comes to financial, this is a healing example. But when it comes to financial things, don't worry about breaking people's will. Worry about being strong in faith. That's to be concerned about. Because it is generally going to come through a man. But see, this is what you do. Oh, Lord, I'm believing for this new vehicle. And now you're looking around the church. That might be the one, Lord, right there. He got money. She got money. She had a new car next week. She probably got money. And it's the one, it's the one you point your finger out, and that'll be the one that God will make sure it does not come through. It'll be, yeah, this stuff comes off such a side angle. How many of you have been blessed? And it was the weirdest way you never expect God to do that what? How? I mean, God will make stuff appear that is not there. He, that's one thing that faith does. The creative force of faith is still creating things in the planet moment by moment that don't exist. That's a deeper teaching. Yeah, I mean, you got to have faith in God that if it doesn't, why do you think some of you have been in a position, I don't know my wife was, been in a position where, where you, you obey God and instead of letting you go on the job, they created a position just for you. That didn't, where did that come from? Yeah, that's the law of faith. Creating something and creating a scenario that didn't exist simply because you own the planet. That's where your faith has to be, is that God will create something. He will make money show up. He will make stuff jump from account to account. He will make, he, he already said the silver and gold is mine, which means anything that's in your pocket right now doesn't even belong to you, including the clothes on your back. That's why he'll make folk give it up because it's not theirs. They just think it is because they work 40 hours on a job. I love that scripture where God said, I own everything. He said, if I was hungry and in need, I wouldn't ask you nothing. Love that scripture. <laughs> where am I at? Oh, I messed up my whole sermon here. Look at all of this. Okay, let's look at the next one. Oh, so here, let me give you this story right quick, though, first. 
show you how powerful this is. I just got the answer to something Wednesday night that was very mysterious to me. You know, we have two dogs. And we, we have two uh, Cocker Spaniels. Just a miracle of God, by the way. Um, not that they were born, the fact that we have dogs. <laughs> My dad hated dogs. He read a scripture that says, a person that turns back to their sin is the equivalent of a dog that turns back to his vomit. And my dad read that, he was through a dog. <laughs> Serious. I'll never forget, he came down here to Atlanta, and we let that dog in the house, and that dog got to sniff of my father. Ooh, he was looking at me like I was the Antichrist. Anyway, so, so uh, Mariah wanted a dog. And so we were, uh, our reply was, absolutely not. God and the devil make up. It's not going to happen. Okay? No. So, want a dog? No. So, uh, so one day I was sitting by the bed, sitting in the bed next to my wife, and the Holy Spirit said, get your daughter a dog. And I turned to my wife and I said, man, the Holy Spirit just told me to get this girl a dog. So, we got the dog. It was a beagle puppy named Trix. He wore us out. <laughs> he was hilarious. He had a dog named Trix. Okay. So I was amazed at the fact that, you know, the, old, the Holy Spirit apparently wanted me. I just like, okay, apparently he was just wants a daughter to have the desires of her heart. Okay. How many know that's important? So we were renting a house at the time. And then, uh, long story short, we needed to move out of the house because the guy decided to sell it when we weren't going to buy it. So we had to move into an apartment. Well, we moved into an apartment. This wasn't going to be feasible for us to keep the dog. So I ended up giving the dog to uh, a company that, you know, puts the dog in another family. So, the, so of course, the kids were a little bit disappointed because we had to give up the family dog going to an apartment. So then we moved into this new house that the Lord blessed us with. You know, um, I started thinking, I don't know if it was kids or me or what. I was like, we need to get another dog. And so when I brought her to my wife, she was like, oh, absolutely not. I mean, this was, this was like, this wasn't, this wasn't like, no, we don't need a dog. This was like straight up, this was, this was malice. Like, no, this is, we are not getting a dog. I mean, this was, we bring it up, attitude, just, oh, man, just anger and just, we are not getting a dog. I mean, it was just preaching we're not getting a dog. <laughs> so she was, I mean, hard on that. I mean, just like, I mean, it was to the point where, it was to the point where, like, we need to all leave this alone. We know we cannot bring up no dog around mom. <laughs> she was angry about having a dog. Then something else mysterious happened. I'm showing you how we have to experiment, and we got to learn fast through testimonies. Something mysterious happened. It seemed like it was around the holidays when we didn't have to have Saturday service. We were sitting in the bed, and my wife came up with this idea. We need to get two dogs. <laughs> what? And I'm sitting there like, what did you say? We need to get two dogs. And I'm, and I'm like, how do we go from... Buying one dog is Satan to now we're supposed to get two dogs. And so he pulled, she pulled up the Internet, found a guy down the street that had some baby Cocker Spaniels. We rolled right down the street and, and, and picked out two dogs. And that baffled me, you know, that my wife just changed her mind like that. And she's not the one who even take care of the dogs. That's the thing. She just pet them every once in a while. You know, and, and, and then I got the answer Wednesday. I got the full answer Wednesday. When I was teaching on the imagination. And so my oldest daughter, Mariah, 
she she brought to my attention about when we had first told her no about the dog. She said that uh, she had asked God for the dog. And when we said no, she said she kept believing that she was going to get it anyway. And she said in her imagination, she would always see me walking through the door with the dog. She said so much so when, you know, how many know you order a package and, and, and they say it's two to five days. How many, you know, after Tate, Tate, do you like, where my package at? You know what I'm saying? And they told you two to five days, but where's my package at? The package is on the way, but you started to get impatient. Well, that's what she was doing. It wasn't an issue of unbelief. It was an issue of what is taking so long. And so her being in that mode, it broke the will of the father. And that's when the Holy Spirit said, uh, you now must get her a dog because her faith won't let go. So that's how faith can break someone's will. Now, watch this. So she's sharing this with me on Wednesday night. And as she's sharing, it, sharing me with this, the Holy Spirit says to me in an audible voice, that's why I spoke to your wife and convinced her to get two, to give your kids double for trouble. They had to give up. So I had to return it double. So that's why I convinced your wife, even though she was dead, said against the dog, and that's why it baffled me how we, you know what I'm saying? That's crazy, ain't it? Now, this is for kids. God bypassing the parents for the kids. Y'all see how far gone we are thinking God don't want us to have nothing? That's crazy, ain't it? I mean, I didn't, because it always baffled me. As my daughter is talking, the Holy Spirit says, they got double for their trouble. Because y'all had to turn that dog in, and, and that made them kids sorrow. And they believe God for that dog. So I gave them double. And these two dogs, they'll wear me out at first, but they really are a blessing to the household. Domino and Boots. <laughs> I call them before and after. That's what they look like. Okay, Y'all see how that works? You see how, you see how, don't worry about people telling you no. Because people are not the final answer. God is always the final answer. No matter who told you no. God will, and watch this. If, I mean, if, if, if God has to change their mind, he will change their mind. But if he has to send it through somebody else because they won't obey, then he'll send it through somebody else. See, that's a powerful principle, isn't it? Now, imagine you doing that with this, your stuff. And Jesus said, if you know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more will your heavenly father give gifts to you? And we didn't even want to give him that good gift. And he bypassed us because they wanted it. Twice. Now we're sitting up with two dogs. I mean, you know, if you never thought you would have had one, you definitely would have never thought you had two. All right. John 6, 5 through 6. Jesus saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. That's the most important situation right now for you right now, is that God already knows how he's going to bring you out. He already knows how he's going to do it. He just needs your faith in him doing it, not him controlling how it's going to be done. Because it's going to be done in such a way where you will only be able to give him the glory. Now, it's going to come through a man, but it's going to come through a man that you didn't expect. John 2, 1 through 10. This one is called, whatever he tells you to do, do it. The next, um, let, let me stop here because this is the last phase of this. The Bible says, as long as King Uzziah sought the Lord, God caused him to prosper. The Bible is very, very, if you acknowledge God in all your ways, he will direct your paths. 
Okay? There are many different ways to get out of debt. You can get a second, third job. You can just stop spending and eat beans and rice. There are many different things you can do. The quickest way out is to follow God's instructions. It's to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm seeking you, and I thank you for showing me how to increase. How do I create the laws of increase in my household? I'm not saying you can't do the other thing. I'm not saying you can't get a second or a third job, and you can't reduce yourself down to beans and rice. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is the quickest way out is for you to go to the Lord and say, Lord, how do I get out? And he will start with instructions. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Because, the, because faith and obedience are the two master currencies of the spiritual realm. You remember, we're in a covenant which requires transactions. Lord, I want this. So guess what they will say? Well, then we need you to do this. Don't assume that it's going to be money. If it is money, don't assume that they're going to give it, tell you to give it to the church. Okay? It's, they're going to start giving you. And, and, and some of the instructions, you won't be able to trace it. Well, what does my new car have to do with me forgiving my auntie? Watch this. What does, what does me having this business that I know I'm supposed to have have to do with getting rid of this man I'm not married to? Here's <laughs> the Lord is showing you because the man or the woman is going to be the death of your business. It's, it's, and so there's no item that is too big. There's no ticket that is too enormous with God. It doesn't matter if it is a $100,000 car like Fagan asked me about this Saturday house. And so no matter what ticket you say, you, 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 whatever you project upon them and ask them for, they will start giving you directions. They're like, okay, we can get you to that. Remember what the guy said? He said, Lord, if you can do anything, can you do it? He said, ain't an issue if I can do it. It's an issue if can you operate at faith at that level? We understand that you want this over here, but the question is, is that can you follow the instructions and the transactions that we need you to follow in order to get this over here? You can come out overnight, but the question is, can you obey overnight? And, and, and don't be, and watch this. They're never going to ask you for something you can't do, and they're never going to ask you for something that you don't have. And half the time, it will not be money. I'm just letting you know. The church is so stuck on being broke all the time. You know that they're always trying to make it seem like that in order for you to get anything, you got to sow a seed. That ain't nowhere in the Bible. I mean, just broke people say that. I'm just saying. I mean, I learned that from Oedipo. He said the church is not a bank where any donation is acceptable. And he said, and then on top of that, he said, <laughs> i never forget when he said that, and then I took this for myself. I had to tell the guy this. He said, we don't need your donations. Donations are for poor people. I had to tell a guy that. You know, you get these individuals that they despise the church. And so they meet me and they say, well, he doesn't seem like a typical reverend. He seems like a pretty nice guy. We give a, I remember I told a guy, you know, I'm going to give a, because he, he said it condescendingly. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to just give you a little donation. I said, keep it. You'll need it more than I will in the future. Exactly what I told him. I don't need your little donation. Donation is for poor people. God is on my side. What shall man do unto me? If God is not for me, if God is for me, who can be against me? If God can't finance his own thing, then ain't no man going to help this get to the end of the road. I need your donations. And then they wonder why every time I say that the money increases. See, when I, took the, when I took the finances out the service, that was me broadcasting that me taking the money out the service or keeping it in ain't got nothing to do with prosperity. So that was a belief statement. That's why the money began to explode when I did that years ago. When I went over there to Riverdale, that wasn't in the budget. God doesn't do things based on budgets. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a budget. I'm saying that when it comes to God, this is outside your budget. There's no man that has enough money to be able to pour into this ministry what God has planned for it. 
It can't happen with money. It got to be happening with the supernatural. It's got to be him opening up doors and closing others. It's got to be some stuff he got to make exist in order for this thing to come to pass. So this ain't a money issue. But, 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 but men who are stuck in the, prosper, uh, in the poverty zone, you know, creating stuff that God didn't tell them. See, Jesus said the gates of hell should not prevail against what I build. So, so if you try to build it for me, instead of listening to me, you're going to have to build it on your own. And since you're building it on your own, you're going to have to raise money on your own. But if you build what I build, you'll very rarely have to raise money. And when I tell you to raise money, it's only because I'm giving the people the opportunity to sow into what I'm doing so that I can give them something bigger. Shh. I have had that several. I can't tell you how many times I've been tempted to say it. I don't need your donation. Uh, I did it a couple times. I still haven't been able to say the one. I've been waiting for the opportunity. Remember when Jesus told them guys, I am from above. You are from beneath. I've been waiting on the opportunity. Lord, just, just maybe wait till I get on CNN. This is, I've been waiting for that opportunity. I just got to get that in before the rapture comes, brother. I just got to get that one in. Yeah, yeah, turn this thing around. Must be crazy. Do we want help? Wonderful. But don't think I need it. Because you can't. Yo, I walked in this place with six people, seven people. Seven. I remember we were sitting around. Y'all remember here when we do the, dec- the sanctuary wasn't decorated. And we had them little gold banners on the wall. It didn't match nothing. And we were sitting around the house shaking, about to spend these $400 on the banners. Oh, Lord, this is all the tea in China. And just, but the Lord was with us. Let me tell you something. Something I haven't heard this before. The first day of the service, I exercised. Some of you heard this, some of you haven't. I exercised faith for $5,000 to be able to buy stuff. And I exercised faith, let it go. We had the offering. There's about 70 people here for the first service. We had the offering, I think it was $761. And, and uh, when something doesn't happen at that moment, y'all don't keep your, you know what I'm saying? Just don't lose it. So we had a little fellowship in the banquet hall. And before we left, when it was just a few people, somebody walked in that glass door, handed me a check for $5,500. When I saw that, I was like, Lord, you should have never done that because I know you with me all the way to the end. If I could follow you, y'all, this is, y'all, what stops God from giving you a million dollars right now? What? What? It's only one thing. He said, I will not withhold any good from them who walk uprightly. But you assume that because you think you're living right, you're walking uprightly. You can be living right, but not walking uprightly. You can be living holy, but when it comes to finances, not walking uprightly. Why, Todd? You can still be not walking uprightly. You got to ask God, what is it that you need in order for you to bring the path? Now, I believe that it's done. I believe that I have received it. I'm just open to anything that I got to do. And these strange instructions will come. I need you to cut your next door neighbor's uh, grass, you know, because the lawnmower broke. What does that got to do with my Mercedes Benz? What that got to do with me getting out of debt? Well, we don't really need anything except for your faith and your obedience. So we'll pick something for you to do. And so when we when you do it, the, the obedience is what we needed. I mean, it's. I mean, y'all in the natural. I don't know why I keep walking back and forth, but but in the natural, how many know it takes money to buy a particular item? Okay, so you can walk up in Best Buy saying all I got is twenty dollars. That's what they say. 
Well, then pick something that costs seventeen ninety nine. You know what I'm saying? But but that's what people do to God. Lord, this is my faith, so give me everything. He's like, no, you don't have enough. Because what money is to this realm is what faith is to that realm. That's why you can't do anything in this realm without money. Even if somebody gave it to you, somebody else paid for it. There's not one thing you can do in this planet without money. Not one thing. In the spiritual realm, there's not one single, th one single thing you can receive without faith. Okay? In this realm, certain things cost a certain amount of money. In the spiritual realm, it takes a certain amount of faith to get certain things. That's why the Jesus, remember when the disciples came to Jesus and they said, how come we couldn't get it done? He said, because of the littleness of your faith, you don't have enough. That's not being, it's just, just throw faith at everything. You know, it's, it's like a big casino game, just <laughs> never mind. See, so, so I'm going to show you how just with a couple of miracles, it was always this, this one instruction. So, you know, so just remember that, you know, just, never mind. John 2, 1 through 10. The next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Canaan, Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities. This is one of my favorite stories, by the way. I just don't understand this. So Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem. It's not my party, dog. I wasn't the wine supplier. So Jesus replied and said, that's not my problem. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. That's just like a mama. Just ignore the son, what he said. <laughs> do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. This is a lot of, I just realized that for the first time. Each could hold, it's six of them that could hold 20 to 30 gallons. That's a lot of wine, folk. I just realized that for the first time. I got a five-gallon water machine, and one of these things is 20. Man, see, there you go. If, um, let me finish this so I can add my commentary to it. <laughs> Fill the jars with water. And when the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. None of this makes sense. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was not wine, not knowing where it had come from, though, of course, the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. And a host always serves the best wine first. Then when everyone has a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best wine until now. Let me tell you something. If there's one scripture in the Bible that makes a mockery of religion is this one right here. Because I have told you time and time again, this is how oathly Turnbull the things. First of all, if we do have wine, we need to serve this in measure because you know how people get at a party. Second thing, if we have run out of wine, we had our time to switch over to water so we can water this stuff down. Feed the people. Get some water. Now, it's already one thing to drink up all the wine. It's another thing to say, well, we're going to the store some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And we're going to get some more liquor. I'm just keeping it real. It is another thing entirely when your mama said, we're going to this wedding thing. So Jesus decides to come. Jesus is also a big fellowshipper, by the way. He fellowshipped constantly. He always is going to house to house, eating with people. She said, no, I want you to come to the party. He said, okay, I'll come. And she said, they ran out of wine. And he was just like, what does this have to do with me? This ain't my party. 
I'm not getting married. I'm not related to these people. Why are you talking to me about we ran out of wine? And she did this like, I'm assuming you're going to know what I'm talking about. And that was the last statement that we heard. She turned to the service and said, oh, he's going to do it. So, so watch this. In order for this miracle to happen, he's going to give you one instruction. Always remember this. When it comes to the supernatural, there will always be one instruction. Every time. There's another scenario in the Bible. Okay, y'all remember when that man's axe head flew off? He was cutting down the tree. Okay, there was one thing that the prophet did. He broke a twig off a tree. These things are strange because we don't know how to trace stuff. They just need our obedience and our cooperation. You always think, you know, I got, I got to get you. Nothing wrong with sow a seed. Trust me, I'll take all of the money you want to give. Don't get me wrong about that. But I'm saying is right now the church is stuck in. In order for God to do anything, you got to sow a seed every single time. No, you got to follow his instructions. And many times it won't be based on sowing a seed. If that was true, then all of the sinners, why are they rich? They ain't sowing no seeds. They ain't tithing. They ain't giving. They ain't praying. They're not doing nothing. And working the laws and getting prosperity. Okay? So, so the mockery of this, when it comes to religious, is that Jesus was willing to use the power of God for his mama's faith. See, that's the missing link there is that she believed that Jesus could do this. And because she believed it, she acted on it. By t- She didn't ask him. She said, they have no wine. This is an end result thing here. You know, it's not like, hey, son, you know, they're having no wine. Do you think you could possibly muster up some power and, and do a miracle like you showed me in the house, you know, what, what you did? She didn't do that. She just went up to Jesus. They don't have any wine. There was an expectation that he was going to do this. So this woman is in fully in faith that her son is going to do this. So much so when he said, this ain't got nothing. That's how I would say. I know it's bad English. This ain't got nothing to do with me. Because she was still in faith, breaking his will, she turned to the servants. Oh, he's going to do it. So whatever he tells you to do, just do what he tells you to do. Because he's getting ready to do the miracle. And I understand that with the miracle will come an instruction. So when he gives you the instruction, that's why he said, no matter what he tells you to do, make sure you do it. Because he might tell you to do something that's crazy. How many know it's crazy to have six big old containers that can hold 25 to 30 gallons of water. And Jesus gives them a strange instruction. He said, all right, mama won't get out of faith, so let me go on and do this. He said, fill all of the jars with water. All of them. He said, fill them. Here you go. Your doubt and unbelief will say, well, let's just fill it a quarter way so we won't be embarrassed if this don't come to pass. No, he said fill it to the top. And if they hadn't have filled, watch this, if they hadn't have filled them, nothing would have happened. If had been halfway, nothing would have happened. Because the command, fill them all to the top. Because we don't do anything half standard. You said, so we're going to, if you're going to, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it the right way. How many know if you're going to do it, you're supposed to do it all the way. He said, if we're going to do this, it's not going to be half. He said, God is going to get the glory. If you're pulling this out of me, we're going to do this all the way. He said, the whole community knew about this. And this was his, his first miracle was this. That was his first miracle, doing something that crazy. And, and, and then crazier. He said, okay, not of this field. He said, okay, act on what I said. He said, go ahead and start serving the water. How many know this is scary? Because you're the one holding the cup. And when you read that carefully, it says that it was still water when he took it to the guy. It turned into wine when he put it up to his mouth. 
It says, because the servants still knew that it was water. Now, I don't understand how Jesus is willing to go this far so a party can keep going because of faith. But he don't want to get you out of debt overnight. He don't want to get you a new car. He don't want you to increase. It don't matter if you in debt or out of debt. If you are completely out of debt, God still wants you to come higher. If the person that's completely out of debt exercises faith for more, they'll go higher. If the person that's deep in debt doesn't exercise faith, they'll stay in and go down deeper. Because it's not based on amounts. It's based on what you believe. We've been taught to stay inside the line. Told you that last time. Soon as you go color outside the line in school, what do they do? Ooh, that's wrong. But it's amazing how many children want to color outside the line. Yeah, but in the scripture, that's called my cup runneth over. We pour. We're trained to think low. When we pour, when it gets to the top, oh, stop, stop, stop. We don't need to run it over. But the laws of the kingdom are always, it's going to be messy. This prosperity is about to run over all over the place. You're not going to know what to do. Moses had one offering in the wilderness. It said it was so big, he had to beg the people to stop. It's all throughout the Bible. Luke 9, 12 through 14. We're almost done. Late in the afternoon, the 12 disciples came to him and said, send the crowds away to the nearby villages and farms so they can find food and lodging for the night. There is nothing to eat here in this remote place. But Jesus said, you feed them. They said, but we only have five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Are you expecting us to go and buy enough food for this whole crowd? For there are about 5,000 men there. Stop! Why is that a question if they're broke? Remember, Jesus is always in test mode. And they said, he's, Jesus said, y'all feed them. They said, well, the only food we got is just this little bit. They said, you expecting us to go and buy food for 5,000 people? This is a scenario that was possible, by the way. Yeah, the broke disciples with the tattered robes. Watch this, what Jesus said. He said, we're just going to do a miracle. Here's the instruction. Go tell them to sit down in groups of 50. Y'all remember the end of the story? Okay. He then multiplied, break it. But watch this. The miracle wouldn't have happened if the people hadn't sat down. With every miracle, there's always instruction. So that's why all you got to do is say, Lord, I'm in a bad situation. And what you do is, is that you, first of all, I keep telling people to do this, get your vision board, have every debt on there, and then put a line through it. It's out. It's paid in full. Okay? Print it out and then burn it. Take a video of it and watch it every single morning. Your house, take a picture of it and put next to it, paid in full. Your car, paid in full. If you need a new car, take a picture of the new car. Print it out. Put it on there. I did all of this this past week, by the way. Okay? And then you say, Lord, this is mine. Okay, so now they're looking at, if Jesus told you to write down the vision, it's because they're looking at it when you wrote it down. When you write it down, it becomes a legal document in the spiritual realm, by the way. So you write it down. They look at what you wrote down. They're looking at what you said. They're looking at what you're excited about. And if they need you to follow instructions, they'll say, in order for us to get you to what you got written down, this is what we need you to do. Now, it could be so a seed. Okay, I had a, uh, I had a, a person who they gave me this testimony. They, had, they were down to their last $20. Last $20. And they said, I refuse to do anything with this last $20 until the Lord shows me what to do. They said, finally, the Lord told them, 
sow it into the offering on Saturday. Okay. Now you can do this on purpose. You can. I'll show you how to work it on purpose later. He said uh, uh, he sold the twenty dollars, and uh, watch this. Mysteriously, didn't tell anybody, but mus- that was on a Saturday. Mysteriously, I called this individual on Monday, and said, "Let's go out to eat." Mysteriously, after we just talked about some different stuff, I got back in the car, and I noticed that the gas was on E. He asked me before I before I said anything, but I had already made up my mind to fill up his gas tank. Okay. Mysteriously, during this period of time, we only had this $20. The wife wanted to go on a particular date to a particular restaurant. Mysteriously, when we pulled in my driveway on Monday, I just happened to have a gift card to that restaurant. And mysteriously, when he dropped me back off at my house, I mysteriously asked him, you got any food in your house? His answer was no. So now I wrote him a check for $250. Mysteriously. He said nothing to no one. But, but, he, but he obeyed God with that $20. And it produced a date night, a restaurant, and $250, and a full gas tank, full uh, tank of gas two days later. Now, imagine working that on purpose. We keep waiting for something to happen to work it. Uh, see, so when I got to that six figures in three, five, six months, whatever it was, that's how I was working it. I was making $9 an hour. Nobody knew I was doing it. It was the most insane thing you've ever experienced. One of these days, I'll share that testimony again, maybe when we get to the testimony phase. But imagine, see, what happens is, is that what we do is when, how many of you, when God has done something, you relax? It's, it's, time, to go to, it's time to go see Infinity War now. It's, I feel a little good because the, the electric bill got paid and we're not in the dark anymore. I mean, no, we've all been there. You, you, tend, to, you tend to relax. But, but Jesus said your faith is supposed to be violent. He said, the violent, take this stuff by force. It, I mean, I'm going to say something that might shock some of you. It don't matter if God told you, no, you just keep on going. Because <laughs> that woman with the demon-possessed daughter, is Jesus, how many know? It's a difference if I told you no. It's a difference if your husband or wife told you no. It's a difference if your mother told you no. It's a difference if your supervisor told you no. Jesus told this lady no three times. And because she didn't break, she broke him. And then said, according to your will, not mine, according to your will, this will be done. People, there are a couple people that got offended when I said faith will break God. But it's right here in the Bible. I told you what happened. Some of you didn't hear this before. When I tried to win the lottery, it wasn't no try. <laughs> and the Lord visited me and said, I need you to let this go. It was a request. I need you to let this go. Because if you keep at this point, I will have to manifest it because of your faith. But if I manifest it, you will not learn the lessons that you need to learn in order to get to the road of your destiny. Watch this. If I have a love for money, I just say, bring it on, Lord. Bring it on. I can handle it. But Jesus wouldn't have come to me and tell me to let it go if I could actually handle it. He knew I couldn't. I thought I could. So there's an issue here. Do I trust my heavenly father or do I trust me? And true faith is trust in everything your heavenly father says. If he said, don't marry another Christian, I mean, don't marry someone that's not a Christian, then you trust that. If he told you, y'all know what I'm saying. I ain't got to go through all of this whole through the Bible. Y'all know what the Bible says. Even the sinners pretty much know. See, that's the ultimate level of faith is to trust that when God tells you to let something go, it is not decrease, it's increase. But notice what God had to do. He had to ask me to back off because if I don't back off, he would have had to do it. 
That's how powerful faith is. It is the one force that God cannot come against. If you stay in it, they got to do it because the force was recreate. It was created to never say no. Because God himself have to use it. And it says all of the promises of God are yes and amen. So God created this force to respond to him and he would never say no for himself. So the thing didn't change its nature. So when he gave us a measure of it, if you use it correctly, God has to respond. And the only way he cannot make this thing come to pass is that he got to mess with your mind and make you crazy. That's what he did with the Tower of Babel. It never said he didn't cause faith not to work. It says that he messed with their mind and got them confused so they, they would stop operating in this thing because faith is a guarantee, folk. That's a scary thing. You get to work in this. Second mm-hmm. Kings, we're almost done. One day, the Second Kings four one through seven. One day, the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elijah and cried out, "My husband, who serves you, is dead, and now you know he, you know how he feared the Lord." Just proves you can be a prophet, you can be a pastor, and still have the mentality uh, of, a, of a turtle when it comes to prosperity. I just realized what that meant. That was also was in my dream yesterday. It was a big turtle. Never mind, just. I got to stop having my personal revelations while I'm in the pulpit. She said, the creditor has come, threatened to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do for you? Elijah asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? God will never ask you for something you don't have. He only needs what you do have. All I have is a toothpick. Guess what? They're going to tell you to do something strange with that toothpick. All they need is obedience. They don't need your money because it's trash to them. If they tell you to do something with your money, it's because when you do what you do with your money, it was obeying them. And so it was the obedience that they needed, not the money. That's why they use other things besides money. They just need you to obey. What do you have in the house? Nothing except a flask of olive oil. Elijah said, borrow. Here come the instruction. Bar, you didn't say nothing about sowing no seed. Borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your son, shut the door behind you, pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it's filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her. See, you would have borrowed pots and pans from two neighbors using dumb excuses. Well, they wasn't home. Well, wait till they get there. Well, you know, they live too far down the street. Get a bicycle in. Let me tell you something. Never mind. Her sons kept bringing jars to her. She filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, Now sell the, man, I'm getting excited, Jesus. Now sell the olive oil and pay your debts. And you and your sons can live on what is left over. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to contain my excitement because of what I'm working on. Y'all, I'm, I, y'all I got some stuff that we, when you see this, you're going to shout. You're like, it's not mine, Jesus, but I got to shout. It's going to be, oh, won't he do it for real? Then we're going to have a won't he do it service. <laughs> I know I make a mockery, but we're going we're gonna to have one of them won't he do it services. You're going to be like, oh, this is won't he do it for real. One swipe got this woman out of debt. One instruction. One. You need to start seeking the Lord that way, Lord. I ain't got time. 
I ain't got time for this to take time. So you need to talk to God like that. God loves when his children sit up there and talk to him with an attitude. Oh, you're going to do this, Lord, because we got a covenant. You, my heavenly father, you said all the silver and the gold is yours. I ain't got time for this to take time. This woman came to him and, and she said, we in such debt, they coming to take my kids. And the prophet didn't get discouraged. He said, watch it. Oh, simple. What you got now? She said, all I got is a little bit of oil. He said, cool, we'll use that. Go borrow as many pots and pans from your neighbors. That was the instruction. Get them all. Get as many pots and pans as you can. Okay? And there was a second instruction. When she finished that instruction, she said, okay, we don't have any more pans. She said, now what? He said, oh. He said, now take the oil. And she started pouring. That's the supernatural will always kick in when you obey the instruction. He said, start pouring the oil. Okay? And, and, and said she filled up all them pots and pans. She said, now what? He said, simple. Watch this. Ooh, this is going to kill some religious demons. He didn't say nothing about no tithing. He didn't say, make sure you go and give a seed to the temple. He said, sell this sucker and pay off all your debts and you and your kids live like high rollers for the rest of your life. That's what he said. See, when I talk like that, God increases me. That's why I can talk like that. Because God don't need no money. You're trying to manipulate the story into, you know, this, this, how many know? I'm a diehard tither until the day that I die. That scripture right there didn't, didn't say nothing about make sure, make sure you give to the poor. It didn't say make sure you give an offering to the temple. Now she may have. He said, sell everything. Pay off all the debt in one swipe, and it'll be so much left over that you and your kids will live off the rest without getting a job. That's Old Testament. And the Bible says we have a better covenant. I love what Jesus said. Remember what they told Solomon? They said, Solomon, we know you didn't ask for this, but we're going to give it to you anyway. You will be the richest king that ever lived. Remember what Jesus said when he showed up? He said, a greater than Solomon is here. And, and we his kids. And see, this is way past getting out of debt, folk. This is, this is making some stuff where you go to your job and say, this is my last day. I don't care about no two-week notice. Because if you got rid of me, you wouldn't have gave me no two-week notice. So I'm not giving you one. This, this is what this is. I keep telling people, I don't care about no two-week notice. They don't give you one when they let you go. Now, if I can work here for another two weeks to help you all out, then maybe I might do that. But if I got to go today... Because this job down the street is paying me double what y'all paying me. I got to go. I ain't thinking about y'all two weeks. Y'all just hire another person to pay this little minimum wage thing. Y'all can have that. Y'all keep respecting these people too much. Jesus didn't respect nobody. That's why in Luke 16, Jesus said, the children of this world are wiser than the children of light when they come to financial things. You worried about people's feelings too much. That's why Jesus said, he said, this love will come with persecutions. Because they ain't want you walking. The devil don't want you doing this type of stuff. He don't, want you, he don't want you walking as a sign and wonder. They can't figure out if you coming or going. They just, are you in today or are you out today? Are you still with us? I mean, 
you know, the dudes in the Old Testament walk in such prosperity and power. The king got his military general and rolled out. To, was it Abraham or was it Isaac? It's so many of them. I can't. You know, he rolled out to Abraham and say, hey, man, uh, can you imagine me walking in something to such a degree? Well, Donald Trump gets the head of the army and they show up at my front door. Uh, hey, man. We were just wondering if you can just sign this contract to make sure that you're on our side. That's what they did with Bill Gates, by the way. Most people don't know that. They did that with Bill Gates. He was walking in such power and prosperity, and because his computers were everywhere, the government pulled him in to say, sir, uh, we just need to make sure that you're on our side. And that's a true story, by the way. <laughs> Last one. First Kings 17. The Lord said to Elijah, go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. So he went to Zarephath. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks. Now, and by the way, the backdrop to the story is God told the prophet to call a famine in the land. He said, I need to do something to plan it, but I can't do it if you don't say nothing. He said, so you called a famine and said the man called a famine. And the Lord said, now, while the famine is going on, he said, I want you to stay by this spot. And it says during, during the famine, it said the man sat by a river. He drank from the river. And it said birds came and fed him every single day. How, how do you know that's crazy? I don't know which one is crazy. Turn water into wine or you sitting by a river and, and, the, and birds are bringing you your breakfast and your lunch and your dinner every single day. See, y'all think too low, man. I, see, this is how I think. I don't think nothing about no limitations. Man, I, I expect to go into a restaurant and, and, and a man was threatened by an angel to give me a million dollars. I expect that type of stuff. I expect one of y'all to hit it big and, and the Lord told you you got to bless the reverend and, and make sure that he living on a high. I expect that type of stuff. I expect an armored car to lose some money and I happen to drive past it and I see there's a bag and, well, I guess I might have to turn it in. I have to think about it. Is there at least a reward so I can sort I think about that type of stuff. I daydream about this stuff all day long. I daydream about this stuff. Y'all think I'm playing. That's the purpose of meditation is for you to daydream about the many different ways God is going to do it. So it said that, that, that the birds brought him food every day. And he said he stayed at the river. And then when the river dried up completely, then God told him to go to this lady. And that's another thing. Okay. Quit getting worried when things look like they dried up. You start getting scared because, well, you, you're looking at the number going down. Well, God ain't going to speak to you until the number goes down. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you're sitting in front of this brook, and the thing it said the thing was drying up. So you're looking at the thing drying up. So guess what? What am I going to do when it dries up? God will tell you what to do when it dries up. But you, that's faith, y'all. That's faith. Faith says, well, it's still water here, so we might as well just keep eating. And watch this. See, see, what you'll do is, let me tell you what you do. This is fear. What you'll do is, oh, God, I feel the Holy Ghost on this one. What you'll do is the brook is drying up, so you start rationing out the water. Trying to make it last longer because God can't give us another way, you know, and this thing is drying up day by day. So we got to start spending less and less and we got to start drinking less and less because God and, and God don't care how much you drink. When it's gone, I'll give you another instruction. Whether you used it up in a day or you used it up in a week, we'll give you the instruction when it's gone. But as long as it's there, I don't need to give you another instruction. Just keep on drinking until it's out. How I many you know I'm saying some stuff? I'm just telling you how faith works, how faith works. 
Whenever you're in the faith, you're always close to death. It always looks like it's not going to work out. And, and, and remember, they're looking at you so closely that they record your tears. I mean, they just you got a whole audience. The Bible calls it the cloud of witness. They're all looking. Let's see what he do. Let's see what he do. Mm-mm-mm. Y'all, he in such faith, we got to go ahead and take him higher right now. <clears throat> so he shows up to this lady's house. And as he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks. And he asked her, would you please bring me a little water in a cup? As she was going to get it, he called her. Uh, bring me a bite of bread, too. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. And I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of a jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal. And then my son and I will die. Watch this. When he got to his last, he sent her to another woman that was on her last. None of this don't make no sense, folk. God is doing this to show y'all, quit worrying about your last. Okay, when you get to the last, I'm going to bring you another first. And when you get to that last, I'm going to bring you another first. I mean, this dude didn't run out, and then he sent her to another woman that didn't already run out, talking about, yeah, I spoke to her to feed you. How's she going to feed me? She only got one cake left. That's why you got to be careful when it doesn't look right. You got to hesitate for a moment and, and watch. The Lord sent me here, but it doesn't look right. Let me just wait for the season to change. He, he told me it was going to start raining, but the sun is still shining. I, maybe I need to wait. Oh, it's some clouds. Y'all remember what he told the guy? It's supposed to start raining. He said, go look. Ain't nothing happened yet. He said, go look again. Ain't nothing happened yet. He said, go look again. He went and looked seven times. He said, uh-oh. What's this? What's this? Oh, God. He said, wait a minute. He said, now, when I went the seventh time, he said, ain't nothing happening. He said, but I did see a little cloud. And the prophet said, that's it. Start running. If y'all go remember that story, it said the prophet ran, and it said he outran the king's chariot because it was raining so hard. Don't none of this stuff make no sense. Y'all read the Bible through them religious reverence where, you know, he was just really in shape. That's why he was able to rain really fast, and they understood meteorology and all that. Man, it was a cloud the size of a hand. And the dude was still like, well, I just saw a little cloud. And the prophet said, oh, oh no, that ain't no little cloud. I know how God works. That little thing is about to be big real quick. He said, get to running. He said, because there's a storm coming. I only have a handful of flour left in a jar, a little cooking oil in the bottom of a jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal. Then my son and I will die. But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. You're always going to have to deal with that. Go ahead and just do what you have said. But make a little bread for me first. (laughs) Oh, here comes CNN. Prophet takes the cake of a last dying woman. Go ahead and do just what you said, but make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord God of Israel says. They were all, if you follow this one command, one. Man, so you keep thinking these commands are supposed to be a command after command after command. Y'all, there are some commands when you do that one command, this thing will last forever. Go ahead and do just what you said, but make a little bread for me first. But this is what the Lord God of Israel says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. So she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. 
there was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Okay, that one instruction caused her to not have to go to the store again. You got to read this stuff over and slowly. Okay, you got to buy oil. You got to buy flour. She came to her last, but because she did what God told her with her last, it didn't say nothing about her even giving her money. It says every time she went to go fix a meal, all of the ingredients were there. The supernatural kicks in when it comes to your obedience because the obedience is the price tag for the supernatural. Okay, you give them your faith, and then they will give you a command. And then the, it's, it's, it's almost though, it's almost like if the TV costs $100, it's om- you know how many you know there are some items that you can buy like a brand new house and a brand new car? It does not matter how much money you have. If you don't follow their instructions when it comes to signing the paperwork, you're still not getting the house. It's called a closing. Okay? You still got to do this paperwork. You still got to sign. You still got to go through all of it. It's almost like that's what obedience is. Okay. But there's two things, faith and obedience. Those are the two master currencies of the spiritual realm. Okay? You ask God for something, and that's not always the case. Sometimes they won't tell you nothing. Sometimes they'll just bring the item. When kids ask for the dog, the Lord didn't tell her nothing about sowing no seed. You know what I'm saying? Get out of your mind sowing seed and get in your mind, Lord, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. Okay, when it came to turning the water into wine, Mary didn't say nothing about no sowing no seed. You see how the church had messed this up? He, she didn't say nothing. No, make sure you be careful because he's going to tell you to sow a seed into his ministry. She said, no, he's going to tell you to do something crazy. Just whatever he tells you to do, just do it. You don't tell somebody that unless you think the answer is going to be crazy. And, and so God might tell you anything. I, so she ate off of this for many days. I just want to give you this example. Before I knew who Creflo Dollar was, he came and spoke at our church years ago. I always have desired to be able to walk in the revelation that I'm walking in right now. Do not do this because you heard me do it. I always desired to walk in revelation to help God's people, always. Creflo Dollar came to our church years ago. I didn't know who the man was. First time I'd seen him, I was sitting on the front row. And I still remember when I was sitting right there, and the Lord said, get that man $10,000. To this day, I don't know what that man preached. I mean, it, it's, it's some items that the Lord asked you to give, and it'll shake you a little bit. I mean, you, you, you get that, like, man. And I remember I was just sitting there because I, I went into a daze. You know, and if your flesh tells you, I ain't giving this man no $10,000. I don't even know if this man can preach good. And none of them would preach good. Okay? Watch this. The Lord... Was, was actually responding to what he was doing in his personal life. Don't never knock what nobody got until you understand what faith they're using to get it. So that man, $10,000. And I never forget in my, I don't know what it was, fear, pride, arrogance, whatever it was, I told a head usher, come here. I said, see this? <laughs> like he couldn't see. I said, this is $10,000 for this man. I said, I need you to hand deliver this to him. So he wouldn't do it. He may just put the thing in offering like everybody else's. I said, no, 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 that's not going to happen today. This is $10,000. So I called the sound engineer over. I knew he would do it. Sound engineer, I said, come over here. And I said, I mean, I need you to hand deliver this to Creflo Dollar. He said, okay, fine. And so he told me later on, he said, they were back in there with all of the ministers because it was a conference. He's a bunch of ministers. He said, he was standing over here in the corner. And he said, Creflo Dollar was in a circle of people just talking. 
And he said, all of a sudden, Creflo Dollar just turned and said, you got something for me? And $10,000. Now, my ignorance back then with sowing seed, I'm expecting, you know, $100,000, a million dollars to show up in the household. I'm expecting something. Oh, I'm about, I'm about to be a gazillionaire. Y'all about to see me on the news. I mean, I was expecting that. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Nothing ever happened. It wasn't until years later when God told me, I had you sow a seed for his level of revelation. You remember what Paul said? He said, if I sow unto you spiritual things, should not I receive your carnal things? See? So, and it really wasn't, it wasn't the money. It was the level of faith and obedience that it took to give that amount. And the Lord said, if you want, what you want is on that man. And I even walk in a greater measure of that now. That's not a disrespect to him. It's just that the men that come from behind are supposed to go higher. The men that come behind me, they're going to kill me. Y'all know what I'm saying? Okay, there's a Bible. The, 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 I read this, and I was going to read it today, and I, I'm not going to do that. The Bible says that the people in biblical days, when they first started, it, it said that they can only be perfected by what we walk in. It's, it's, it's not generation. It's one entire thread that's all connected. Okay, that's another teaching. Okay. And so, and so I didn't get it at first because when I first started preaching, guess what everybody said? They said, you sound just like Reverend Dollar. They were talking about not the style, but the revelation. And, and so I did not know at the time that the Lord was having me do a spiritual transaction. Now, the reason why the world mocks at this is because all of the reverends that have manipulated this. Y'all know what I'm saying? But God doesn't care about how many people manipulated it. If it's right, it's still right. And so he was having me a seed, and then with that seed, a grace came upon me to begin to walk in that measure of revelation the way that I do, okay? Now, when I asked the Lord to be able to, I mean, I, when I was, asking, I, was, I was asking for the type of wisdom where no man would be able to win an argument with me. That was the type that I was asking for. I said, well, I'll, I'll never lose. Stephen walked in that in the Bible. It says no man, and this dude wasn't even a minister. That's what's deep. It's not for ministers, it's for sons, okay? And so I wanted to walk in that measure of wisdom that Jesus walked in where when people had a conversation with me, they would never be able to break me. And so it required for me, for me, for somebody else it could be something different. For me, it required me, maybe because of what I was going to be as a pastor and how it would influence the masses, it required me to sow that type of seed of $10,000. And that's why I walk in that today, amongst other things. So I'm just letting you know that there are things that you ask for. And watch this. God, I never ask you to give something you don't have. I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, I don't know if I, well, did I have anything left after, after I gave? Oh, you did? Okay. $10,000, $10,000 though. Because unless you're a millionaire, it's $10,000. Y'all see my eyebrows are still up today because I remember that feeling. I remember that. I mean, I remember that. It was very, see, I got quiet when I mentioned that. Oh, I mean, it's like, I don't remember what that man preached. I don't know how long. So I just sat there. For the entire service. Because he told me to do it before as the man got up to preach. I sat there. I was just staring. And I'm, I'm, this scenario, this scenario just running through my head. And so, so I, I wanted to give you some of those scenarios uh, to show you that God will only ask you for what you have. Okay. The lady said, all I have is a little cake. He said, we're going to use that. The other lady said, all I have is a little bit of oil. He said, well, we'll use that. They ran out of wine. All we got is water. We'll use that. They will never ask you for something that you don't have. 
because all they need is your obedience. And now, what's crazy is when you begin to go before God and say, what do I do with this? That's how you make it work really fast. Okay, you need to learn how to start taking your paycheck and you, and, and you honor God with the tithe and then say, Lord, now with this 90%, out of this 90%, is there something you would like for me to do? Sometimes he may speak to you, small, still voice. A lot of times you just got to, you have a vision or you'll see an amount or you'll get an impression. Sometimes you won't get anything. You just make a decision out of your own heart. It's the seeking that makes you prosper. Not even always of just full obedience. It's the seeking. As long as they sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. As long as he sought the Lord, I can guarantee you the man made mistakes. Plenty of men made mistakes. David made a horrific mistake, mistake, and the Lord still prospered him like crazy. Okay? So I just have this one thing I'm going to say, and that is God has no problem. These are just powerful statements. God has no problem giving you what you will give. He has a problem giving you what you will keep. God will never give to you more than your outflow. Okay, he's talking about when you start really, really working this, you can you move into dangerous realms. You start moving into realms of, of, of this, and God has to make sure that he tests you so that you know how you would behave. Because how you behave at the lower level is how you behave at the higher level. The problem is if you misbehave at the higher level, you'll kill yourself. Okay? These are just statements that I actually got from Bishop Oyedipo. Kingdom wealth is for distribution, not accumulation. And this is the one that Bishop Oyedipo always says. He says, in the kingdom of God, the tithe is your spiritual tax. He said, some men in planet Earth, he said, they don't tithe, they just give to the poor. He said, but in the natural, no matter how much you give to the poor, if you don't pay your taxes, you'll still be penalized. <clears throat> and then the last one is, you must be spiritual. Acts twenty thirty two. It says, and now, brother, and I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. With God, you have no right to an inheritance in God without a commitment to sanctification. Sanctification means to be separate from profane things and dedicated to God to be clean internally and externally. Because every open door of sin will always attract satanic opposition. And if you try to prosper in God's system with satanic opposition, you will lose. Okay? Watch this. Does it mean that if you don't follow God, you won't prosper? No. It just means that you'll do it on your own. And you'll be left to satanic attacks at the wrong moment. And then on top of that, you won't be building up anything for eternity. Tell people today, be sold out to Satan or be sold out to God. Don't try to be sold out to both. <laughs> I mean, I do this 150%. Rain, shine, how I feel, whether I feel like God did me wrong or right, I do this 150%. I just don't care. I just want to do it. I mean, it's, y'all, it, how many you know, eternity is, for, that's forever. You're going to take a chance on standing before the Lord, and they recorded everything, including every word, every thought, and every tear. And you want to take a chance on that half-stepping? You be my guest. I'm not that stupid. So that's a cuss word in the church now is holiness. So, because, you know, I have to be totally honest with you. If, you. if you knew how many people are not members of this church because of the stance that we take on holiness, you would almost faint. You would almost faint. Now, some people say, you know, the church is not growing as fast. Mm, that's, what the, that's the price the transaction that you pay on the front end. 
to be blessed with power on the back end. Not selling yourself cheaply for people. You selling yourself out cheap and you selling them out because you won't be a standard. It, it, you, you are helping people get further down the, uh, down the road if you offend them because of your holiness versus you adjust your holiness to try to get them to come into the church thinking God needs anybody. God don't need nobody. He wants everybody, but he needs no one. And these guys doing this half-standard, everything now, everything except holiness to bring them into the church. And God looking for a clean people, a sanctified people, a holy people. Like heaven is dirty. <laughs> See, that's, they, they pray. Oh, no, hey, y'all. Hey, we had that season where it was just line up online. This is the season where now we all acting the fool. We preaching while I'm preaching, talking while I'm talking, standing while I'm, hey, I'm serious, y'all. I mean, you, 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 I mean, there's a, I mean, uh, quality ministries in the beginning, they pay that price. And then the thing just started breaking forth because it, it gets, it gets to the season, to the season when, when it's not, it's, it's time for us to show y'all who we are. We don't care nothing about y'all. Okay. You know, now we're going to do everything to try to get y'all, but if you ain't going to join us, don't, don't be a fool and fight against us. You, you, I mean, it'd be better for you to just stand on the start lines and say, well, we ain't with y'all, but we're just going to watch and see how y'all roll. That'd be the best thing for y'all to do, but you don't want to fight against something like this. Something like this might only have 200 people, but in the spirit, it might be 200 million. It's a Gideon on up in here. I mean, it's, y'all know what I'm saying? We don't need a bunch of numbers to do nothing. These folk got numbers and they ain't doing a thing. The McDonald's across the street don't even know your name. Man, I ain't got time for that, dude. I'm just done. I've been done, but I'm super done now. Man, y'all, I'm just, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I know you didn't gave me all these visions and prophecies about having a big church, but Devon and I were talking about that. Truth be told, I care less. If it's just us dominating and we make a standard. See, y'all, let me say this. Just what this church does in the spirit, Lisa gave their prophecy about just what we did in the spirit would influence 100 churches. So if that's all the reward I get is that we walked in domination and we allowed God to work in the lives of other churches, we get that reward for eternity. So I'm good. But the thing, I'm about to water down anything, whether it be holiness or whether it be riches. I ain't watering down nothing. Okay? And I preach one standard, perfection. Nothing else. Okay? And so, but yeah, you, you, you'd be surprised. I mean, these, I mean, that mean this, I, it's, I got a new revelation of grace and mercy that God does not strike your church down because of this foolishness y'all got up on the inside. Just, I've been asking my wife, what is so hard about tr- treating people right and, and walking in love and, and living right and, 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 and you talk about pray. I can't tell you how many times, you know, we're talking about praying and, and, and fasting and, and, and see, and see it's, and the crazy thing is what's scary about this church is the Lord draws those type here. I mean, I remember when I told y'all when Mozart walked away from what he walked around, the Lord told me, tell him, oh, he'll eventually lay up gold like dust. I ain't never gave nobody that word before. Okay. Reggie walked away from six figures to open up his church. Six figures. Organization would pay him six figures. Only one rule. Can't follow the Holy Ghost. You got to follow us. See, but if you worried about members and, and numbers and, and money and all that type of stuff, okay, I'll take that. You see, you sell yourself out. But, but then you, I mean, y'all realize, I told him, do you realize what this man is going to walk in? 
when you said, I don't need your raggedy money. If I got God, that's more than all the tea in China. Y'all know what I'm saying? But on, but on the back end, on, on, the, on the front end, God let them laugh at you. On the back end, you have the last laugh. And unfortunately, on the back end, when you get the last laugh, it's too late for them to not go down the same road. I'm just telling you how it is. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's two ministries that if I bring up people from those countries, I can tell if they are for or against. Yongi Cho, when I meet a Korean person, I'll say, you know about Yongi Cho? Like, oh, yes, what you know about him? Or, yes, I know about him. He's a Christian. That tells me, oh, you're jealous because y'all didn't do what he did. Same thing with Oyudipo. People from Nigeria, you know, if they, if they know that you know about Oyudipo, they're like an American to know about Oyudipo. But the other ones, yeah, we know who he is. It's that dude taking over the whole country with all his money. See, the, yeah, the, the Forbes. Y'all, anytime Forbes puts you on an in Forbes wrote an article on Bishop Oyudipo and said he was worth $150 million. He sent the letter back and said that was an insult. He was worth a whole lot more than that. So, I mean, we're going someplace. And going someplace fast. Go ahead and stand.